Welcome to the About the Benjamin podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Robinson. This podcast is devoted to the concepts of identity, creativity, destiny, and how to find yours. My goal is to provide you with a refreshing stream of inspiring content designed to activate you to pursue the fullness of your destiny in God. So let's go! My special guest for today's episode is first-time writer-director Rachel Daniels, whose new short film, Pruitt and Igo, made its debut at the Screamfest Film Festival in Los Angeles last Sunday. What makes Rachel's story unique is that it's not her story alone, but the story of a family that saw the value of what one of its members had written and came together to champion her creative gift. In the process, every member of the family discovered that they had a significant contribution to make to the final product, and in the end, they made a movie together. Making a movie is something that a lot of us might think we would love to do, but just feels so out of reach. The prospect of making a movie felt out of reach for Rachel, too, but the faith of her family made it reachable. This episode invites us to reflect on the gifts that are in our own households, in ourselves, and in the members of our family. What would happen if you discovered the value of what is in you or in the members of your family? What could you create together? Okay, so first question I have. Yes, sir. You've written three screenplays. Yes. The first is... Pruitt and I Go. Pruitt and I Go. That's yes. the one you've made into a short. Yes. The second is The Black Breakfast Club. Yes. Well, what's it called? You know what? It's a working title. Okay. But everybody like keeps telling me you should say The Black Breakfast Just Club. Call it or that. the Black Or The Breakfast Club, but with black people. <laughs> like, that's the <laughs> right. one I like. Right, right, and, right, right. But, you know, I, I still, I'm like, I'm, I'm still torn. People keep telling me I should keep it that way. Right, right. I don't know. And what's the third one? The third one is London's Calling. Oh, London's it's Calling. A, it's right. a romance. Mm. And um, I wrote another story. Uh, I can't really talk too much about it. It's kind mm. of really on the hush-hush. But yeah, it's yeah. A, a movie that I hope um, to one day make with Disney, a mm. Disney princess movie. Mm. Uh, mm. So, mm. And that one's, I'm really excited about that. And I really think that, you know, it just personally, I really think that that was really ordained mm. by God because mm. the name mm. uh, that I had for the character ended up being an ancient Egyptian name. Mm. And not an Egyptian name, because remember, like the Egyptians now are a lot different from the Egyptians mm-hmm. back then. Correct. Um, so it's not an Arabic name. It's right. an actual ancient Egyptian name. And it's mm. a word. It actually means heart mm. and um, the physical heart. So there's the uh, ancient Egyptians had like two conceptions of the heart. You had your physical heart mm. and then you had like your spiritual heart. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, the spiritual they actually believed that the heart, the physical heart, was kind of like the brain, mm. where that would come in. Mm. And um, the spiritual heart is made up of the of more, like that's your soul, essentially. Mm. And that's what it is. But the word um, is actually hot tea for hot mm. heart. So, mm. yeah, that's kind of that's awesome. a really, really cool thing. And I'm, I'm really excited about that one. So you've got three, cons- con- you've got three completed screenplays. Yes, sir. Why did you choose Pruitt and Igo to make the short? So Pruitt and Igo is a story that's really close to my family's heart. Mm. The Pruitt and Igo um, refers to the housing projects, uh, the Pruitt Igo housing projects in the 1950s in mm. St. Louis, mm. and that is where my mom grew up. She was mm. born in 1960. She lived in St. Louis, mm. and um, 
the they, this was like a big experiment. It was mm. eleven story high rise places. It was supposed to be segregated, like you know, poor whites and poor mm. blacks, but then just black people just moved into it, mm. and it was kind of a a, a social disaster mm. because there was so much crime there was so much violence mm. it did not work it lasted about 20 something years it mm. started in 1950s like i believe 1954 mm. and it ended in the 1970s maybe even i think 1976 mm. um but yeah uh, and it really a lot of black folks in st louis a lot of their people came from that came from mm. them mm. uh came from those buildings and my mom would tell me the craziest stories mm. about what she saw in the projects mm. she i remember uh she told me about how some of the, the the kids in the neighborhood the boys in the neighborhood would always pass out fruit mm. right to the mm. kids like you know mm. really cool fruit that you know mm. they, they didn't really sell you know mm. in, in, the, in the ghetto but mm. they would always do that and then my mom was like but you know what where they got the fruit mm. they would rob tr fruit trucks mm. and they would what they would do is when the when the truck got to like a stop sign, they'd pull the driver out. Sometimes they'd beat him up, sometimes they wouldn't. And then they would rob the truck and mm. they would give all the kids in the neighborhood food, fruit. Mm. And so, you know, my mom was always like, she always said, kind of felt bad mm. enjoying the fruit because, mm. you know, somebody got robbed for mm. it, you know, she, you know, <laughs> yeah, but you know, the whole thing, it, but it, I, you, there is something kind of nice about themselves. Right. Like it's like almost Robin like Hood. a Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, like, yes, they would sometimes beat up the driver, mm. which is really sad. And, mm -hmm. you know, shout out to every dude that, you know, got beat up over mm -hmm. there. Cause you know, right. that's rough. Nobody mm -hmm. wants that, but, yeah, it, sure. it, but there's something kind of really almost community like mm. communal about mm. it that they would give it to everybody they wouldn't right. just hoard it right so i always thought that was really cool mm. and you know she would tell me stories about this one girl she was about 15 16 and her boyfriend had cheated on her mm. and what she did was she took like a mop and lit it on fire and was going around the projects looking for him saying that she was going to burn him alive <laughs> and my mom and a whole bunch of kids just followed her to see it mm. and i always thought what? <laughs> they followed to watch. Like they followed to watch. I, I and, 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 one of the, and one they, of those, they, they jumped in to stop her. No, no there was no. They watched. Watch. And my mom, bless her heart, was about eight, nine, however, and <laughs> yeah, she right, and right. she followed her Ooh, around, and they wanted to see. They want. Yeah, she just wanted to see. They never. Now they. Now they never found him. Right, right, right. So you know, her nobody was burned before they found him. Yeah, nobody, nobody found him. We don't know what what happened to him. <laughs> But that's like one of the stories she would tell us. She would tell us about all these people that would die, mm. that would get shot and, mm. and would be killed. Um, there was this guy, Little Jimmy, mm. who he was killed by the police. And my mom mm. tells a story about how, you know, after he was shot, they said you could still see the blood and how mm. my mom would come and see the blood because she knew Little Jimmy. Like everybody knew each other. Right. And so there was other stories about Chicken Man and mm. like these names that you hear mm. and you're just like, what? <laughs> and, and there, I got to so, hear about Chicken Man. Chicken Man. <laughs> who was Chicken, chicken Man? You, you know, yeah, that's something you probably have to ask my mom chicken yeah, yeah. man was you know uh he was a drug dealer yeah and he had killed someone uh. and you know the people a, a lot of the people in the projects not necessarily saw him do it but saw him at the aftermath and he okay. was sweating and mm. you know my mom saw him everybody kind of saw him and, and you know these days now you know people will just drill you mm. they'll take out everybody but though back then people were a little bit killed like a little bit calmer mm -hmm. you know they didn't kill anybody and chicken man ended up dying but that was mm. like his name his name was chicken man there was little jimmy there was beanie not benny i want to hear the origin story of how he got the name chicken man i would also <laughs> i second that
I second right? that. I, you know, we went to um, a Pruitt and Igo reunion, mm. and there was like mm. 300 people there mm. that lived in the buildings. Mm. And I wanted to be, I really wanted to ask everybody, like, mm. do you know who Chicken Man is? Do you know who Chicken you Man is? You need to was? make a I'd, Pruitt and Igo documentary. There has been. Oh, really? There has been. Yeah. It's interesting. The fellow that actually designed the buildings was the same guy that designed the World Trade Center. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, Interesting. It's, it's, it's an incredible story. It's, it's a big story about um, St. Louis mm. and where the Pruitt and Igo actually came from. The idea actually came from when my mom and I were discussing why she didn't believe in Santa Claus. Mm. And she said that she never believed in Santa Claus because not only did they not have any chimneys in the projects, but she felt that there was no way Santa could make it out of the projects and not get robbed and not get <laughs> his reindeer taken away right, from him. Right, right. Because that just wasn't happening. They were going to take it. They were If they were going to rob somebody, they would totally rob Santa. There was and no way to contextualize him. that story from no, where she grew up. No, And I think that's so funny. Like, that was the, that was her rationale. Even as a little girl. As a little girl. It wasn't like, oh, he can't. And yes, it's a little bit like, oh, he can't make it around the world in mm. one night. Mine was, I never really believed in Santa Claus. Mine mm. was that not all the little kids are celebrate Christmas because mm. I learned that in preschool. We had some Jewish folks in the gym and shout out to our Jewish brothers and mm. sisters. Mm. And that's how I learned mm. that not everybody celebrates Christmas. So I was right, like, well, then that right. throws away the whole thing. Right. Because why does Santa Claus just do it for Christmas kids? Right. Like, so right. I was like, well, then that doesn't work. Right. But my mom was a little bit more, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit more visceral. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so my mom, and from that conversation, I was like, well, you know what, mom, what would Michael Myers do mm. if she came, if he came into the project starting mm. stuff? Mm. And he, you know, Mike Myers, Michael Myers from the Halloween serology, mm -hmm. he mm. has a butcher knife. And my mom was like, Everybody had a knife in the project. <laughs> Everybody did. Mm. And it's like, what do, what, what do you come at? Like, I, you got a knife, I got a knife. Mm. It's like, mm -hmm. like we can do, like we can have a knife off. Mm. And, and that's kind of where it became, that's where the idea kind of uh, began. That was the genesis of the idea. Got it. Is what happens um, if you take a traditional slasher movie story and mm. a slasher movie mostly takes place in, in horror movies a lot of mm. times. Mm. Uh, a slasher movies in particular, hmm. they take place in safe environments. They mm. take place at summer Ooh. camp. They take yeah. place in the suburbs. So yeah. the idea is the intruder comes into there mm. and causes all a bunch of, of hell. Mm. But what happens if instead of Elm Street, they went on Martin Luther King Boulevard? Brilliant. And that's what where the idea happened. Like that's these brilliant. kids are always are already about that life they that's, know about death they know about violence they they know about this kind of stuff like they got to watch their back that's what differentiates your movie from other horror movies yes so we want to take that and we just want to flip it and say mm. what happens if we bring it um bring it to that level yeah like you know it's it. it's halloween but with black people it's, Love it. yeah that's what that you know <laughs> my my uh screenwriting professor always says you know you could just make a series mm. of like traditionally white people white you know, media, and just make it like, what if it was black people? Right. And that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and it's not really on purpose. It mm. just kind of ended up like that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, and so Prude and I go, it, uh, again, it's kind of based on, not based on my mom, but it has a really, that's where the inspiration that's where this came, came from. from. And it's, it's very close to me. And it's the mm. first screenplay I've ever written. Wow. And, you know, it, it really has to deal with, you know, my mom and mm. my grandmother and mm. all those folks back in St. Louis. Great people Man. in St. Louis. Make your movie in St. Louis. Make your movie in St. Louis, people. Yeah. Go there. That's awesome. Yeah. St. Louis, I hope you show up and uh, support this film. Yeah, when we make it. Uh, it's, it's, I can't wait to see the whole feature film. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay, so 
you did not see yourself as, or maybe you, I don't know if you did or not. Did you not see yourself as a filmmaker? You just saw yourself as a writer. Is that correct? Yes. And I, so you started just churn, just churning out these screenplays, but you didn't have any intention of making one. I didn't have any intention of me making the mm -hmm. film as a, you know, as a director. Mm. Um, I wanted to be a part of the creative process mm. a lot, but I never really considered myself a director. I'm not really, I'm, I'm not really like a, a, a visual person. Mm. And I feel like you need to be very visual mm. with, um, you know, filmmaking because it's a visual medium. Mm. But, you know, one of the things that I always, but my sister, Hannah, would tell me, I was like, well, Rachel, if you want your creative vision to be on the, to actually manifest itself in real life, you have to actually lead mm. the the process mm. because um, film is a director's medium. It's mm. not a writer's me medium. Mm. Television is a writer's me medium. Mm. The, the TV writer, the showrunner, he is or she is, you know, the king or queen of the mountain. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, exactly. And but if you go, but if you go with film, film mm. is a director's medium and mm. it's their vision. Mm. So they're taking what you write and they're projecting it through themselves. Mm. So in order for me to really make sure that, you know, what I envisioned in my head mm. was, you know, put to screen, I would have to do it. Mm -hmm. And so she really encouraged me to do that. And that's awesome. And so I decided to be a director. I, I watched a couple of videos on the YouTube and mm. <laughs> YouTube. And um and I was like, okay, let's do this. And so you know, how did that happen? Okay, so how did this happen? Because your family, you created, you guys created a company. Yes, we did. Starting five entertainments for all five members of our family. Uh, you know, my brother, Stephen, my dad, my dad, uh, Bishop Robert Daniels, 1-800-BISHOP. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. 1-800-BISHOP yeah. too. Yeah. That was yeah. uh, T.D. Jakes' line. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, and my mom, Diane, my sister, Hannah, and myself. And um, we really it, like, you know, we have a really close knit family mm. and, you know, we work really well together. So, you know, again, like, again, Prude and I go wouldn't exist if I didn't have that story from my, those stories from the projects from my mom. But how did, I mean, but I want to hear the story of how you guys came to the conclusion. We, we need to make this movie. This is what we're going to do. You know what I mean? Like, how did that happen? So... I had completed um, so many multiple drafts of Prude and Igo, mm. and that was, you know, a very, very long process. Mm. It started in fall of 2017. It mm. really didn't end until about 2020 mm. uh, in terms of the rewriting and the drafting and mm. the entire process. Mm. And once I had a draft that I was really interested in, I started to kind of shop it around mm. with different, you know, production companies. And what I learned is, not everybody wants to read a 115 page script. Mm. That's a lot. Mm. And, you know, and it's a lot to ask for someone. Mm. But a lot of the people that did read it, read it, really liked it. But the idea is it's really hard to just get it through a script. Mm. Like, you know, mm. people, are, people are just so fickle and people got stuff to do. Ain't nobody got time to read no mm. script from mm. some girl that lives in Oakland. Ain't mm. nobody, you know, mm. let's just be, let's keep it 100. Mm. So um, my sister Hannah was like, you know what, Rachel, you need to shoot a movie. Mm. You need to shoot a concept video mm. for the film and i was like no i don't want to do it i don't want to do it i don't want to mm. do it i don't want to do it until she set up an appointment with the cinematographer 
uh, mm-hmm. who was in St. Louis. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I would pray. I'd be like, Lord, oh. please let something happen so I don't, with the script, so I don't have to make this movie. Oh. I would literally be there, just, you know, but as, you know, I'm praying, just be like, Lord, please, please let somebody just like the script of what a bake it so we don't have to make this movie. <laughs> Those were literally the words oh. I, saw, I, I would pray, like yeah. just about every night. So I was really not here for any of that. Right, right, right. Um, so, and then I met uh, Josh. So, mm. My sister found Josh. He's a cinematographer in St. Louis. Use him. He's excellent. Mm. Um, and he, uh, she set up a, a meeting between him and myself and mm. my mom, who's my executive producer. Mm. And she, he was just kind of, you know, he. I sent him kind of what the idea was. Mm. Uh, sent him kind of the sh- the shortened version of the of the script that I kind of truncated. And he really liked the idea. Mm. And so we're talking to him. He's just kind of giving us information about himself and about cameras. And I don't know any of this information. Mm. I've never dealt with a camera. And I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. But Mm. he really liked the script. Mm. And um, towards the end, my mom, you know, just started saying, oh, because Josh was going to the Congo Mm. um, before we could start really working. And Mm. and my mom was like, oh, we'll be praying for you. And he's like, oh, I'm a believer too. Mm. And so that's when it kind of clicked for me like, oh, God. Mm. Is this you? Mm. <laughs> wow. Is this you, Lord? Is this uh, what you're doing? And uh, I'm just like, oh, now I have to do it. Wow. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? So wow. that's kind of how that went. So I, you know, I was, you know, like I said, very strong Christian. I pray yeah. as much as I possibly can. Yeah. And I was, you know, bartering. Please don't. It's almost I, like, it was almost like me and Jonah. I kind of understood Jonah's plight right there because right, right, I right. was not about to go to Nineveh. <laughs> and I, and, and not Nineveh. And, um, I, you know, I was not about, I didn't want to shoot this movie mm. and Josh and his faith was kind of my big fish mm. and I was stuck. Mm. So I had to do it. Hold and that so- thought. Hannah. Oh, me go get Hannah. I'll get it. <laughs> hey, Hannah. Hannah, come here. Come here. We're gonna interject here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw Hannah in this mix. Yeah. Rachel's little sister. Come here, Hannah. Hi. Jump, jump in here. Sit in the middle. Wait, I'll open the room. Let the dog back in. Come here, Joy. Joy, come here. Sit. All right, come sit here. Okay. Oh, this is nice. Now, you, you got to sit right up on that mic. Hello. Like lean, lean like this, so that you go. Hi. All right. This is my question for you, because you were like the catalyst. Oh, okay, for the movie, yes. Like you're the one who saw value in what your sister had written, and you were like, you got to make it. I guess the question for you is like, what did you see? Because the, the the thing that's so beautiful about this story is the whole the whole family saw value in what Rachel had created. Like the whole value, the whole family saw so much value in Rachel's gift that the whole family came together and said, let's do this together, mm-hmm. right? But you were the catalyst. You were the first one who said, we got to do this. So what did you see? And and Well, I think I just saw, you know, back in 2017 when I read, when I read it for the first time, um, Rachel actually coming back from a girlfriend's house, mm-hmm. and they, my mom and my sister picked me up, mm-hmm. and Rachel said, I just wrote the first draft of Prune Iga. Do you want to read it? I was like, oh yeah. And she actually like sent it to me immediately and I um started reading it in the car and I fell in love with it. Wow. And like from right then, 
I like I was a sophomore in high school, mm. and I just wanted to quit my job and just start on the movie. Oh, <laughs> 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 <Or, excuse, quit, laughs> sorry, I'm, I work full time now, but quit um, school, and uh, that was like actually my first thought. I was like, oh my gosh, we have something here. Mm. Like there's mm. something here because it was so real. I guess what I saw was I saw my friends. Mm. Like I saw the people I went to school with mm. and just kind of like, I don't know how, like it's a gift. Like she, her ability to write like and capture the essence of people is astounding. And mm. like the fact that I saw like so many of my classmates mm. in these characters, I was mm. like, wait, like this needs to come out immediately. Mm. Um, so, but I like knew reasonable thinking, just knowing that like my parents would be like, um, you're crazy. One second, like uh. you need to finish school. Um, but and I never, sorry, I never, like, it never got in my head. Like, I was just like, we're going to do this mm. one way or another. Mm. Yeah. So did you read her other screenplays as well? Yes, eventually. So after that, after she wrote Prune and I Go, then I think she wrote The Black Breakfast Club and a few others. And, yeah, and with each one, I just kept, you know, different stories, of course, but I just kept seeing or, like, hearing the same like people that I went to high school with. And I'm like, this is incredible. Right. And I was just like, this is, this needs to be put out somewhere in some form of capacity. Yeah. That's all. Go ahead. Yeah. And so one of the things as, you know, a writer that I really want to do is capture realness, Mm. Um, especially like, you know, the people that we interact with, Mm. real people and Mm. how real people speak. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I really wanted to capture. And every time I every time I write something, Mm. I really want to just be like, this is a real person. Yeah. Like this person can exist exists somewhere in the world there's somebody that talks just like that there's someone that has this same like that would say this kind of humor and that's kind of where i always begin i always really like to begin with character yeah and who the person Mm. is Mm. and really to get into their head you almost become the person Mm. yourself and you know some of the people Mm. you write aren't the nicest people Mm. but then you kind of develop an empathy for them Mm -hmm. when you Mm. when you the more you write about like Mm. these folks like you know there's drug dealers in there in this movies Hmm. that you know is doing bad stuff but when you really just kind of get into who he is Hmm. you're like well did he did he have a chance outside of this and um i think one of the things one of the main uh villains in the movie prudent igo is not even the slasher villain it's Hmm. just the uh, it's the area Mm. it's the it's the environment it's the poverty it's the it's the gang violence it's the police Hmm. you know it's the police activity and it's like almost the the guy is almost a secondary uh secondary antagonist or it's mm. like like right. it's almost like yo i'll take my chances mm. with the dude with the hammer mm. <laughs> as opposed to you know mm. running uh running across and, and meeting the rival gang members mm. and you know uh one of the things that really also helped with prudent i go in the conception is actually chicago drill music and i don't know if you know very much about drill music music. (laughs) (laughs) no no uh drill music is kind of like it's it's a new kind of offshoot of gangster rap okay and it is so visceral because it's real when Uh, these guys are talking about catching bodies they uh, really caught bodies like right right, now in this time period in hip-hop right now it has never been more like this is it has never been more violent there are so many rappers that are dying that are getting thrown in jail for for years for years it is like it's real like these these they're not joking around here yeah, and true. they rap about it, and you're, and you're at first you're just kind of like, oh, how can they, you know, brag about people, 
they, they've killed and say their names yeah. and, and say how they killed them. Mm. But then it's just like, it's a cycle. Yeah. You kill someone from their side, they have to kill someone from your right. side. And it goes on and right. on and it's still going. They call it the war in Chirac. And you're mm -hmm. just wondering, you're like, why are they doing this? And it's like, mm. there's nothing else to do. Right. And, and I think that's one of the things that we want to capture is really, I really want to make a film in Chicago, in mm. that area. Mm. I re re that's one of my dreams. Mm. I, I want to shoot Pruitt Igo in uh, St. Louis, because St. Louis, but I really would love to mm. shoot something on O Block. Mm. That's a, mm. a, a very um, faint, well, infamous mm. block uh, in mm. Chicago. It's so real, and mm. that, and I really want to capture that in wow. you know my movies. It's kind of like that real authenticness that this drill music is playing, mm. because you you listen to it and it's, it's different. Mm. It's real different. It's almost haunting, especially mm. when you listen to the songs um, about rappers who are bragging about killing someone in their song, they get killed. And then the mm. other team is bragging about it in their songs. Mm. It's so, and it's like, mm. it's, it just feels real. It feels real. Mm. Like in ways mm. that other music can't, it's like- it, Like it, you got caught up in the drama just yeah. by listening. You get, yeah, you do. And it, you, it's, you feel it. It's a visual, mm. it's a vis, it's very visceral. Visceral, yeah. yeah like it, it's, it's hard to listen to also mm. because it's mm. sometimes it's so disrespectful. Right, right. But it's just like, you almost can't turn it off because right. it's like, you're really hearing about pain. Yeah. And, you know, it's this one song um, by a, a rapper named FBG Duck. He was killed because of this song, like oh. a month or so after he released this song. It's wow. called Dead Bees. Mm. But he says this line, we already in hell since 12 we've been demons. And what he's saying is we're in, like, we, this is, this is hell. Mm. This is where we live. And mm. this is what we have to do. We've mm. already, in, we're already there. Mm. You know, that's what he says. That's it's, and it's so real. And then mm. when you realize as soon as he made that song, a month, two months later, somebody popped him, mm. you know, or drilled them, as they said. Mm. And it's, it's just a real thing. And so that's one of the reasons why Prue mm. and Igo actually means really a lot because it's, it's a, it's a mm. movie kind of for them. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I still want to hear like, how did it happen? Like, I mean, I've heard this philosophical, basic, like, well, I saw the value I wanted. It was like my friends and I, but what, what happened? Like, did you? Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. So basically, um, I can I, it starts kind of September of 2021. My dad and I are talking about the movie and we have this conversation about, you know, wanting to make sure that Rachel, if we're gonna do this, Rachel has full control. Mm. And, you know, my dad came to me and he said, you know what, I think Rachel can direct it. Mm. And I was like- <laughs> So wait a minute, it sounds like you guys already made the decision to do it. Well, so, okay, okay, we, we, we so basically, so this is, this is, this is part of any yes. of those discussions. So, <laughs> so they're making plans for your life. Basically, exactly. basically, so, you know, I, you, okay, so starting kind of back in 2020, you know, we just kind of decided to go for it and like, we're gonna like, you know, Rachel finally c completed the first, or the final draft of it and she feels mm. like it's in a good place where it can actually be turned into a movie mm. and all the family's like, yes, let's do it, let's go. Mm. And so we start, you know, doing the uh, process, we get a lawyer, um, we, yeah, yeah, we get a lawyer and we just start the process of trying to reach reach people, yeah, reach companies, reach production companies, just get it out there to just like have them read the script. Um, and we, yeah, it, we do that for a good five months or so. 
you would say like a good chunk of the 2020 year like that's what we spent our time doing in quarantine is really like we're gonna make this movie it's gonna be awesome and there's no talk of a short mm. whatsoever because we just want to make the full full length feature yeah and so basically that gets us nowhere in like in so many words it, it just it it's just, it's, it's all, again, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice about that, but it really, it, might, got us it, it really, it really got us nowhere. Yeah. And, you know, and this was all the way up until like July, like the summer of 2021, where actually um, my mom, Diane Daniels, she said it back in 2020, like, we need to just make a short, like we could do this. Like I, I can film it on my iPhone, like mm. it, it, it'll, it'll be great. And like, you know, we love that positive optimism mom, but everybody was just like, <laughs> we, you know, we actually want people to see the movie. She was talk- she was actually talking about making the full feature yeah. on her iPhone. Right. And we know that that's been done before, but we're like, huh, yeah. okay, yeah. let's back it up. But so, okay, flash forward to 2021, mm. September, my dad and I, Robert Daniels, is having this conversation about literally, you know, because I guess throughout the um, uh, seeking out production companies, we were just kind of like sitting there, kind of like observing the process because that was really, uh, you you could say that that was really you and mom and kind of spearheading that part of yeah, trying to get the movie going. So, but, so my dad and I were just kind of watching and we were just kind of seeing like, you know, if they were to do it, you know, I, what, what's the level of like, you know, control, like, what sh- what can she like really t- have have a say in or like what's her role in it besides writing and i was just like you know i really feel like um because <laughs> i'm going to be i'm going to be jumping back and forth into the, okay. into the past and the future yeah. but um we were at lunch one time back in 2017 2018 i believe and we were just at a restaurant with, with the whole entire family and my brother and i um you know the movie came up on topic and my brother and I were like, you know, Rachel, you can direct this because mm. you sat with it so long. It, it, it already it already had been like a year or so right. um, after she wrote it, and I was like, oh yes, you could totally direct it. And Rachel was like, huh, okay. Um, but <laughs> so going going back there, that's when my dad said, you know, I think you're you and Stephen are right. Like she could direct it, mm. and I was like, oh, I know she can. Mm. And she was like, okay, so right now we're on the sand sale, and we need to move. And so basically September through October, my dad and I were just kind of deep in prayer. Mm. I'm just going to be frank. We were just deep in prayer. Mm. And then we came across, um, it came to me so clearly one day, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have a friend. Um, he's a director. I, I, I went to high school with him. I went to college with him. He's, out, he's actually out there here in the industry doing it. Like, this could, this could work. And my dad's like, okay. <laughs> so basically, um, I, we came to Rachel. We're like, okay, what if you what if you co-directed it? Like, because prior to that, we had like, you know, Rachel, we really feel like you can direct this. We mm. just could like make a short, you know. And she was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm a screenwriter. I don't do that. And we're like, yeah, but you can. But um, so it got to that point in November. You know, I had I had those like, oh my gosh, I don't. Can we say his name? If you want to. Oh, okay. I was like, uh, Tevin, if you're watching this, hi, Tevin. Awesome guy. <laughs> um, awesome d- director. But basically, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, so I told Rachel about uh, Tevin and how, like, can we just reach out to him and, like, see what he has to say? And she was like, you know what, Hannah? I'm just going to 
leave this to you. If you want to do this, you can. And I was just like, okay, cool. So I reached out to Tevin. He was like, oh yeah, we would love to, I'll, I would love to speak with you. Um, we end up speaking with him. He says, it's a, it's an amazing idea. Um, and he said, but basically he said, you know, directing is not that, like in so many words, he said, directing is not so hard. It's just you taking your vision and executing it. Mm. Um, and within that, that just to sum up, sum up that uh, that twenty minute conversation. So even he was saying she can direct it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was because it, 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 it's so crazy how the little seeds of that yeah. God was planting in her. Right. Was like, everybody was directing, so it was also kind of like just a forceful like pushing. And then I was like, okay. And I think by that point, Rachel kind of was like, okay, like you know what, I can direct this. Um. So come cut to, um. December or sorry, cut, cut to yeah cut to December you were like oh maybe not again like oh I don't like mm-hmm. like this is the part where you talk about Josh <laughs> oh okay sorry sorry I'm, I'm really wow okay so okay That's fine. sorry That's totally so fine. so cut to January um Tevin we asked we pretty much asked Tevin again he has scheduling conflicts but he can't do it um so basically Rachel's just like you know what Hannah if you really want me to direct this I'm gonna need you to just steer her, steer her this, um, this uh, project. And I was like, okay. So I literally was just like, I have no idea what to do. I was literally sitting in my room. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I literally just was like, I just prayed. I said, God, I know she can do this. What am I supposed to do? Mm. And literally, he just said, just start. And I literally just typed in um, cinematographers in St. Louis. And the first name that popped up was Josh Harum, our cinematographer. Mm. And I, so I clicked on his website, cause, like through the website that I found him on. Mm. You, you could like uh, look at his um, work through, they showed their websites and I clicked on it. And I was like, oh, wow, like he's really good. Um, I'm just going to put him as like a reference for like what we want. But like, he's too good that like, I'm mm. not even going to like mm. attempt that. Mm. Um, so I kind of used him as a reference and like found other people, but I just like kept coming back to him and I really wanted to, I, re- I really wanted, cause like, I was like, this, this could work if we had someone like him. Mm. And basically I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna uh, reach out to him. And within five hours, he got back. He was actually in Nepal mm. and he was like, yeah, I'm interested. So basically I think it was just an act of, you know, mm of God really. Mm. And really just, you know, like, you know, there's a scripture, it's beatitudes, it's like coming to the end of your rope. And cause like when you come to your, when you come to the end of your rope, like there's more of him mm. and less of you and you just releasing yourself. Cause a lot of that, of you know, with reaching out to different people, I think that was an act of my own striving. And so if yeah. I, if I understand this correctly, I'm just trying to piece this together. Yeah, it was- no, no, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. Don't worry. This is good. This is good. 2017, Rachel writes the first draft. Mm-hmm. She sends it to you. You're in the car. Mm-hmm. You read it. You start reading it immediately in the car, mm-hmm. and you're blown away. Mm-hmm. You're, you fall in love with it immediately. Mm-hmm. You finish reading it, and you're like, I just want to quit school and star in this movie. <laughs> like, I just want to be in the, I just want to be a part of making this movie. Yeah. Like, this movie has to be made. Mm-hmm. So from that moment, you're sold. Yeah. Now, it sounds to me like your dad was the guy that you talked to about this the most. You were like, Dad, we got to find a way to make it so that 
Hannah's movie gets made. Rachel's. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rachel's movie gets made. Yeah, and it's just so funny because we've had so many conversations mm. about this. Was like ongoing. Yeah, and it's just really. I think it's really a testament that you don't know what, or you don't know who's talking about you mm. in in a, in a positive way. Because yeah. even though like I'm a I'm her sister, but you don't know. You mm. never know when someone's like you may have a plan for your life, but like so someone can like see something in you and like really push you preach yeah in that direction some of y'all need to write that down right now <laughs> jump in and, and that's usually what my dad kind of does he's right. really really good yeah at launching people yeah and moving right. them forward he is you know that's kind of his whole thing yeah. his whole mo yeah. yeah and so you know the fact that he was all doing this for me i was just kind of like oh so this is how it works <laughs> right because he really was he you know he and hannah really were the people that really kind of made this happen yeah just through you know kind of you know, as the the kids call it manifesting mm. these days, yeah. but you know now we call it just you know praying it through and getting mm. the prayer through. Yeah. Mm. And so that's what Hannah and and my dad were doing. Wow. While I was yeah, while I right. was lamenting yeah, I was like, something. Yeah. Well, I was you know because I I kind of am in my own head all the time, and mm. so you know they are they very my dad and Hannah really pushed this through through prayer. And we can kind of see you kind of shutting down and. No, not losing hope. I, I'm not like I don't want to make it dramatic, but we, we just knew it. it oh, sorry, we just knew there had to be a significant change this year, or I don't want to say anything bad was going to happen. It was just you know we we just knew it was the it momentum was, time. was only yeah. going to go so far. Yeah, the momentum for the idea, if you didn't execute it, it would only go so far. Exactly. Now every member of the family had a role, right? Mm-hmm. What was yes. Steven's role? Steven's role, he was one of our producers. Okay. And he was also our associate director. So uh-huh. he liked to just tell us what time, how many time, how much time we have left on a particular scene before we had to move to a different scene. So, okay. you know, he was our her, our clock manager. Nice. Now what uh, about and, so Hannah, your official role? Um, so I was an executive producer. Uh-huh. And then, but mainly on set, I um I was supposed to be a co-assistant director, but I mainly I think my job was to help my dad and with running or making sure that the production went smoothly, um, which I hope I, I hope we did a good job. Um, I actually I, I know I, I'm going to be confident. I know we did a good job because I think I'll never forget one thing that um, our stunt coordinator said, um, Brian. He said that you know I'm out of all the production sets I've been on. This one was filled with so much peace mm. and like and care. See that, and I was like, "Wow!" That and I right think there. that's just a testament. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, I'm, that's good. That's good. That's good. yeah. And I think that's just a testament of what we've seen mm. our parents do. Yes, because that's all that that's all that it was. It was just serving. Yeah, and I think if I, you know, even on the next project, I just want to keep that, um, you know, that uh, process of serving. Mm the crew and you know making sure that they're well taken care of so good and you know it's it's amazing kind of you know what we we wanted to do this movie you know for us right Mm -hmm. so like this was something that the family wanted to do and we wanted Mm -hmm. to do together Mm -hmm. and as we were shooting this movie you know god just started to really reveal himself Mm -hmm. in all the different people that we were working with like Mm -hmm. i said i realized that i was stuck doing this after Mm -hmm. josh said that he was a christian Mm -hmm. that was literally my big fish moment where i got swallowed for this fish and i was like well 
looks like I got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> just right, like how right. Jonah had to go to, you know, me and Jonah, great conversation, mm. a really strong handshake we'd have, mm. he and I would have. But um, <laughs> it would, it, it was to the moment, it would, it was, it would be to the moment where like, you know, we, we had a dog on set, mm. right? And um, it got potential, shout out to got potential in St. Louis, our mm. dog trainer, her name was, uh, and our dog trainer, Trish, and our dog, Luna. Mm. And, um, well, as they were just kind of sitting on the sh- on the set, waiting for you know the the dog you know to be cued, mm. uh, my dad was speaking to her, and she was just saying, you know, you know, we had been praying because with the um, with the pandemic, we haven't had that many jobs. So, mm. you know, when I got the email from your daughter that they were looking, I was just like, praise the Lord. Mm. And you know, my dad was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a pastor. You know, mm. we do all this. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Mm. You know, you guys are so wonderful. And, you know, she asked for prayer mm. and she prayed for her. And then at the end, you know, when she was getting ready to leave and once we'd wrapped on our dog, Luna, she said, you know what? I got this job mm. just so you could pray for me. Wow. So that's what wow. she said to my dad. And that's See, what she said to my dad. He was like, this is what it wasn't even for essentially the paycheck that she got. It right. was just for him to pray for her. See, that's that what's so amazing. amazing to me. Like people don't know what it's like being around your mom and dad. They don't. No. Right? Like my brother, he, he my, my brother said, so my dad, we had a, uh, it was a decade ago. It was a 60th birthday party. Mm-hmm. And my brother came to town with all his kids. And we rented this auditorium and it's packed full of people. And your mom and dad were just wandering around that whole auditorium, praying and prophesying over everybody. Right? Mm-hmm. And so my brother, he's sitting there talking to somebody and laughing. And all of a sudden they came up to him. And they just prayed for him. And he said, next thing you know, he's sitting there just crying and bawling and crying. And he said, man, Pastor Daniels, he just walks around just so gentle. But it's like, bam! <laughs> you know, but it, it was like, oh! Yeah. And then, just, then somebody, bam! <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just like in the spirit, you know, it's just amazing. But I thought to do this on a production set of a horror movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was, that's just the kicker. Because yeah. like. When I and I, I, cause I saw it, I was like, "What is he? What are they talking about?" Because I was gonna, you know, wonder around, making sure everything was okay. Yeah. And I like passed him, and then he started. I overheard him, and he's and it's, and it's him praying, uh, for her. And I was just like, "Of course, this is happening." <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, like, <laughs> exactly. but, not, but not in a sarcastic not in a sar- way. No, no, but no. Just like, wow, like this is like where we need to be. Right. Like in that moment, it became clear that this is like where he needs to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was another family um, uh, that had a little boy who was our, our cute kid in the movie. Mm, mm, and we had a cast dinner after he mm, wrapped. Mm, and, you know, he was just saying, oh, man, it was just so great to see mm, a family stand together and yes. make this movie and right. get it done. Uh, right. We had, a, we had a, a, a young lady who was taking pictures and she was mm. only supposed to be there for about an hour or two. Mm. She stayed the entire time wow. because she just loved what we were doing the, and the how it was just all of us fine and she was just like i didn't even know that you guys were black uh. so she's like that's one of the things that was so funny she, she's like oh you she she was like oh I've, i got the gig to you know take some behind the scenes photos yeah. and she's yeah. like, you know she, that's what she does yeah and then she was like wait a minute this is y'all are black yes okay <laughs> and she was just so blessed just to be there and watch right. it she stayed again she stayed the entire time, wow. about 12, 10 hours. Wow. She was there and she could have left mm. at any time. Right. And she stayed. Wow. And then there was this family, as I was saying, little boy who was our, our child actor. Hmm. He had a family and hmm. he had spent so much time trying to get his older son to um, 
his a scholarship with basketball. So, you know, mm. he had taken him around oh, the road on schools and, you know, mm. had to do that whole thing. And then he got his son, you know, into a school where he's going to play basketball. He's got his mm. scholarship. Mm. And PJ, the kid, mm. uh, shout out to PJ, um, he, is, he, you know, wants to be an actor. Mm. And he was just like, you know, the father was just like, man, you know, I've been spending so much time with my older son trying to get him, you know, in with, uh, basketball and situated and now that I do and he just started praying like Lord let something happen for mm. my young son and mm. then he got the email from the agency saying that we were looking for an actor to wow. write in the role and wow. and that happened and he was just so unbelievably blessed wow. by the whole thing and I was just in and I just was just like oh wow this is kind of it's almost making me look bad because mm. I was so against it right because <laughs> I was so against it but it ended up and oh I was against it you but guys I could didn't want to do it you guys could write a book called horror movies as ministry <laughs> you know what I mean I think I think just to add on like with what you're saying about the culture like my dad and I we had a conversation on the way back from the from filming and we said, this is what we want to do mm. with each and one of our projects that we do, whether it's right. TV, film, plays, musicals. We right. just want the culture to be a place of right. welcoming and just yes. coming as you are and really just being um, at home. Because yeah. we know, it's funny, we always joke that every time somebody comes over our house, mm. they always stay so long. It's so right. hard to get them out of our house. We're right. like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. like no, ma no matter the age... Um, you know, it could be like one of my friends or like just uh, like my parents' friends. Or me. Or you, or you. No, 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 We love you. Pee -pee. It's all right. We it's love right. you. Keep it real. It's Keep just it real. so funny because everybody is just so warm. It Like the home is, I guess, is just so warm and inviting. And the fact that we were able to translate that into yeah. a film set yeah. is amazing. That's deep. Yeah. And they, yeah, everybody always talks about we have my, we have so, a home of peace. There's so yes. much peace. Yes. And there was so much peace in the area where we shot. We shot in North St. Louis. It's one of mm. the most dangerous neighborhoods mm. in america mm. right now it's top 10 mm. and it was actually kind of funny uh all the gunshots actually mm. took place two or three blocks away so they weren't on our side of the street wow. which was great wow uh you know and so we thought that was mm. you know there was just so much peace and it was so quiet mm. and serene wow. and everyone on the block was just so accommodating and they did wow. not have to be accommodating right and they were just like yeah sure we'll 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 turn our music down mm. and you know just so wonderful mm. and you know it really really tells you like the character the folks that live right. there when you when you when you right. hear about like you know these dangerous neighborhoods mm. you're like all oh, the people are degenerates or, mm. oh, and then you know all this violence right. but they're like they're they're so they're kind people. they're people right. yes. and people and for the most part people are pretty like people are chill yep and i feel like so many times we look at a neighborhood and we write it off we write off the people there mm -hmm. but you know i think one of that's again one of the reasons why we want to shoot movies in these places is mm. really to show that you know this is here in the united states and you know we need to do something about it but there's good people here there are so people beautiful. here that are beautiful like you said are beautiful and kind right. and smart Yep. And, you know, they deserve to be shown exactly. on these movies. And that's one of the things we want to do. But, you know, uh, we really just want to bring a lot of peace to the entertainment field yeah. because there's a lot of turmoil there, especially mm -hmm. especially with Christians now, mm -hmm. because Christian Christianity right now, mm -hmm. it's it's not it's not it's not very approachable. Right. It's right. not very approachable. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole saying we used to sing a song called, you know, they'll know they, we are Christians by our love. Mm -hmm. Remember that song? Yeah. And it's eh. like it's like you you know you you'll know we are days. Christians by what we're against, right. and you know 
I remember mom used to always preach about how God is for you, mm-hmm. that he's for you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is completely lost right. in American Christianity today right. that, um, you know, we serve a God that is against we, everything. Right. And what and it's all just like, we don't like this and we don't like that. And you mm-hmm. not, are you, and it's not you and it's me. And it's all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, if you really think about it, the whole point of the Bible is to say that God is for you. He right. died for you. Right. God with he wants us, to Emmanuel. be, he wants to be with you. Yep. He wants to be in your heart. He wants you to be with him. So good. It's such a, it's such a positive message, mm. especially in these times when everybody has issues with mental health Mm -hmm. when everybody has anxiety when everybody wants to and when everybody is struggling Mm -hmm. you know it's lost on screens and social media yep and kind of we're we're more connected than we've ever been but we're more disconnected than so true so true we and we've we can connect with people that we don't even know somewhere else but we just have are lonely and, and desolate in our hearts that's so true and you know the, the whole message of God and of the Bible mm. is an invitation to have someone with you 24 mm. hours a day, seven mm. days a week that right. will stay with you. Preach and that's kind of one of the things that um, I feel like people get lost in translation mm. is how, what a relationship with God really is. Mm-hmm. And it's really about peace. Yeah, It really is about bringing people peace because yep. if you have peace in your life, the mm. world can go be on mm. fire but if you right. have peace it's all great that's why one of the things that's kind of annoying about my dad mm. he is just so peaceful yep. nothing ever like the world is the world is burning mm-hmm. we are all crying foul people are running around oh, like headless chicken Lord. chickens <laughs> and he is like oh well everything is fine and he's this, like you almost want to well. you always yeah all this and it's like <laughs> you know what why don't you just go somewhere because you know <laughs> yeah, what maybe maybe it's he used all to make me so your, mad oh yeah yes i used time. to call him and say bishop do you know what Sonny did to me? And he'd say, oh, no, son. That's a good thing. <laughs> and it's like, and it's just kind of like, well, you know what? I, I used to tell him, I, used to, I, used to, I could call you and say, Bishop, she shot me in the leg. And you'd say, oh, that's a good thing. That's just the blood of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like it, like you're like everybody is having like uh you're having a mental breakdown, and mm. it's just like oh peace, right? Peace. peace. I'm fine. You should be fine. I'm not yeah. worried about it. And it's like well, but somebody it's never, has to. But the beautiful thing is, as much peace as he walks in, it's completely non-judgmental. Yes, that's the part. Mm. Um, can I just share one thing? So. We also had like so the you know the crew amazing crew I cannot I could not pick a better crew, yeah. Um, but one of the crew members were just it was kind of anxious because you know he, he had a, a a long morning, yeah. And or, or most of them were, and you know my dad was like, oh, you, can can I pray for you? And you know some said no, and he said okay, no problem, and um, walked away. But then one person did ask for prayer, and he just immediately calmed down. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, it's just without judgment like yeah his peace is not a judgment on anyone who's not walking in it yeah it's an invitation it is and he just like because he on he was going on and on and Mm. on and like Mm. he was kind of causing some um just go okay (laughs) but it was just like and then he just immediately calmed down so it was just amazing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah so that's the kind of you know when i would we would joke with reverend when he was taught when we he was saying oh i want to be on set you're like what you gonna do on set my grandmother and kind of just that but he's like no i want to be on set mm. and you know what thank god he was on set yes. because we would have had a lot more 
you know, a lot, a lot less more, peace. less, a lot less peace. Mm. There was been a lot of strife. There's been a mm. lot of anxious anxiety. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, we only had like 12 hours to shoot. Right. So, right. you know, we only had the nighttime and we only had two days and, yeah. you know, people were messing up their lines and we were, mm-hmm. we were getting, we were doing some overtime mm. and, you know, my dad was there and he just brought everybody Everybody just calmed down just by mm. his presence. There's mm. one time he got in the shot, which we were annoyed with him with. But that was the only time. <laughs> he was like, your dad. No, no, our cinematographer was like, uh, your dad's in were the shot. And he lifted? said, I don't know what he, he was, was doing. Was but he, he was in the no, shot. He was cleaning up. He was oh, cleaning oh, up, okay, but okay. he was in the shot. He was in the shot. And yeah. we were just like, dad. So that was the only time we were upset with him. But other than that, he really set the tone for, yeah. really set the thing. And he, we would not have been able to do that without him. And that's why he got on the producer credit. Because yes. he wanted to be in the, uh, he wanted to be in the credits. And I was like, oh, we'll put you in the special thanks. But, <laughs> but, but he, his job, his, but his job, what he he did was unbelievable like he was really instrumental and on just on set having him you know we were like and so you know what that's what you're gonna do and so that's how we got it producer credit so there there's so much to this and we have to we have to close up but i think one of the things that's so special about this story is how each and every one of you have a unique gift that complements the others (laughs) and it's almost like the beautiful thing is there's almost no content, like there's no sense of competition between you, which is rare. Mm-hmm. I mean, in most families, if one of the kids had written a script, everybody else would be like, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you guys were like, let's come together and let's all work together. There's value here. We see value here. Mm-hmm. And we're each going to add our own value to it. Mm-hmm. All of the reverence idea. And what happened was, Rachel, when you wrote you catalyze something in your family. But then Hannah, you saw that this could be done when nobody else did, and you catalyzed something in your family. And we didn't talk a lot about Stephen. I wish he was here. He's in in SoCal. But if he were here, he'd have his whole side of the story as well. Mm -hmm. And I know he was an integral part. The second guy that read it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anna read right. It first Stephen read it second. And mom had her part to play, and dad had his part to play, mm-hmm. and the whole family came together. But it wasn't just a project. You guys actually incorporated a company, right? Mm-hmm. A family production company. What's it called? Starting Five Entertainment. Starting Five Entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just believe there's going to be a lot more to come from Starting Five Entertainment. Yeah, um, I mean, the way the five of you work together. I mean, there are a few startups. That's like what startups, that's the kind of secret sauce that startups in the world long for is to find a team of people that can complement one another's gifts mm-hmm. and see value in one another as deeply as, as you guys do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to hear this story and to give it to the world. Yeah. Oh, I hope it's an interesting story. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> have we been sitting all, have we been sitting in the same room? I know, but it's like it's an interesting story, but it's like it's, it's, it's I don't know. It's interesting. It's it's different. It's tremendous. It's different. It's, it's tremendous. It's different. How it got done, it's different. No, it's amazing. And see the whole point of this podcast is to inspire people to believe that they can do something that they didn't think they could do. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't do, the I theme of season it. one is just start, yeah. mm-hmm. just start. And you literally use those words. Yeah. You said you were praying. Hannah was like, God, I know she can do this. What am I supposed to do? And you heard him say, just start. Yes. 
literally <laughs> like it was literally that because i didn't like i don't know anything about movies <laughs> <laughs> like she and here comes rachel like oh you know you could do this and then i'll see i'll see you're like you're something <laughs> she's very she's very like funny and i was just like okay and then you know yeah literally I, and then he was just like i was because i was just so in my head and i was like oh my gosh like what if i don't pick the right one what if this is a mess yeah. and he was just like just do it please do something <laughs> well i feel honored that i got to sit with you guys before this thing blew up and be- <laughs> before you are known as like the next shonda rhymes or <laughs> you know oh, what gosh. i mean like Like, I just feel honored that that uh, you heard about her on my podcast first. Mm. You know, that like that's a great honor for me. So thank Mm -hmm. you for taking the time. Thank you for inviting me. And I'll anytime you need me to come back. You know, I'm never going to be too big for for you or any of these people on the podcast. (laughs) And you know what? You have some great ideas, too. And maybe starting five entertainment can help you bring those. Let's go. So that's one of the things that we really want to do. We want to bring forth people. People. Yeah. and really help them and get to where they want to be. Mm. And, you know, especially with ideas. So that's I know beautiful. that's really one of the things that I really want to do is really just help get other people started mm. because I think that's what we're supposed to do we're, as it. Christians, it's, it's especially Christians, especially for yeah. the body of Christ. We need right. to start helping up people. It's time for like the body yes. of Christ to get moved forward right. and, and, and move forward in, in different aspects. Like, yes, we can get folks that are secular, but there is something special about mm. working with people who share right. in your faith and your values. And that's exactly. definitely what we want to do. Beautiful. Here. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you. I Thanks hope that's for really stopping interesting. through. Oh, it's per- it's absolutely phenomenal. Yes, and if you're in LA between October 11th and October 20th, maybe you could stop by and, and check out the the short film. What's the film festival called again? It is the Scream Fest Horror Film Festival in Los Angeles. October 11th through 20th. To the 20th, yes. And the name of your movie again <laughs> is Pruitt. And I go. And your Instagram handle is? Oh, uh, Pruitt and I go, or excuse me, Pruitt underscore I go film. All right. I'm going to put links to all of their, uh, play, their stuff in the uh, show notes of this episode. Thank you all for listening. God bless. God bless.